Sports Media Group Station. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. The Buccaneers have decided who their quarterback is for Sunday's game against the Bears, but Coach Dirk Cutter not ready to say whether it'll be Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Cutter said he met with both, informing them of his decision, and both are on board. Not announcing the starter yet is the right move by Cutter, according to ESPN's John Fox. They're two different players, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, with two different skill sets. So he's not going to let the opponent know who that's going to be. They'll have different styles. Uh, exactly what they do, time will tell. And like, like we reported is, they're not going to let them know really until probably they get to Chicago. And I think that's smart on Dirk Cutter's uh, part. Patrick's thrown for at least 400 yards in three straight games, filling in for Winston. Today marked Winston's return from his three-game suspension for violating the personal conduct policy. Rams cornerback Akib Tlaib is scheduled to undergo surgery after suffering a high ankle sprain on Sunday. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter yesterday that Tlaib would be out at least one month. Baseball, an MRI on Yankees center fielder Aaron Hicks's hamstring came back negative. Manager Aaron Boone says Hicks should return to the lineup this week, first pitch for the Yankees and Rays is coming up on ESPN TV and the ESPN app. Yankees are a game and a half up on the A's for the top AL wildcard spot. Pivotal series continues for the Brewers and Cardinals tonight. Coverage in 30 minutes on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Milwaukee's a game and a half back of the Cubs in the National League Central. And St. Louis leads Colorado by a half game for the second NL wildcard spot. Coming up Wednesday, your next shot to join the tailgate with the Golics at Notre Dame. And Penn State head coach James Franklin joins us ahead of their top 10 matchup against Ohio State this weekend. Plus, Kevin Hart. It's Kevin Hart. Wednesday on Golic and Wingo, 6 Eastern, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's High School Football Scoreboard. Presented by CareSpot Urgent Care. Now here's Nick Renowitz, Heath Ziegler, and Kyle Israel. We're ready to go. A special edition of the show here on a Tuesday, normally from 8 to 9, but we got Tuesday night baseball coming up, so we're going to get you a half-hour high school football update from what went on under the Friday night lights this past weekend. Nikki Football here. Heath Ziegler is with me. And Jerry Daniels decided to stick around, too. Oh, I thought it was Kyle now. No. You want me to do my best Kyle voice? Kyle Israel is... Hi, this is Kyle. Kyle Israel is out today. Uh, let's quickly, let's jump into a quick recap. We have the Seminole High School head coach, Don Stark. He's going to join us coming up uh, in the next segment to talk about that great historic program here uh, in Central Florida coming off a pair. Man, one of the most historic. Yes, uh, coming off a pair of wins. So what do you say we jump into uh, the two games that we want to make sure we recap before heading into the point system that was released today? And the first one a big one close to the heart of Heat Ziegler. Haggerty at Westport. And look at this. Haggerty comes out with a 52-48 win. Uh, Heath, this thing was a shootout, man, on the road for Haggerty, but they come away with the victory. Yeah, it was. Uh, this was the game where uh, there was more points scored in this game than, than any other game in Central Florida. Normally, you know, when we do the show, we break down five games. Uh, we recap five games. Tonight, we're just going to do two on the special edition. But you're right. The first one we're going to look at is Haggerty versus Westport. And Haggerty had to go on the road up to Ocala, and that's kind of unusual to have a district game for Orlando, which we have plenty of schools right here in Orlando. And I know it drives my dad and other coaches crazy that they have to, you know, leave all the way and go up and play in Ocala. But they went up there, they and they end up rattling off three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get a W. And that's that's just amazing if you think about 
how little Haggerty's offense has has been productive this year. For them to score 52 and three of those touchdowns to be in the fourth quarter was phenomenal. A couple key things from that game. Jordan Gilbert, who was uh, kind of the stud running back for my father at Haggerty, he's, he's officially back. He was the one that scored the game-winning touchdown with one minute left. And you can totally see what what Haggerty looks like when they have the star running back because they're primarily a running team. They throw the ball very little. So when you have that key running back back in the picture, you're starting to see Haggerty starting to get some momentum and rolling, and that's why they're actually now getting votes in the top, uh, the Sentinel Super 16 at number 16. They just squeezed in there. Did you use stud as a reference because they were in Ocala? Yes. In the middle of horse, horse country? Horse country. I, that was a little Jerryism. Yeah, wow. Look at him. He's I learning totally, from me. I totally missed that. So Haggerty <laughs> gets a big win at Westport, 52-48. What a bunch of stallions they are. What about those blue darters? Hoka, hey, Apopka comes away with a 49-13 win at Boone. The blue darters just keep rolling in. Uh, a rivalry matchup that is always intriguing to watch, Heath, but this one, uh, one-sided. Yeah, and this was the one that we really wanted to play, pay special attention to because we kind of wanted to see how how good is Boone. And this was the game that I chose to be on the sidelines at, and I know I, sp- I called into the show a couple times and gave some updates. But, I remember. So there's some good things going on right now at Apopka, and one of them is Coach Darlington's son. He, he's the quarterback there, and Jackson Darlington can play a little. And you know what? We're just now starting to see it in the past couple of weeks. And I've I don't know if anyone's ever seen a Popka football, but it's a very run run heavy offense. Okay, they run a special formation called the single wing. It's very dominant. Teams don't know how to defend it. Now you're starting to see Jackson Darlington stretch the field vertically with the passing game, and we've got a two headed monster here in a Popka that I told Jerry. Hey, look out, Oviedo, excuse me, look out, Wakaiva. Apopka might be my new favorite team at the top in Central Florida. So the Blue Darters um, moving up that list of Heath Ziegler's favorite teams here in Central Florida. Also up in the win total, they get a win uh, at Boone. And yeah, I just want to also add, too, they, they suffered that injury earlier that we talked about with Ja'Cory and Davis Hamilton. And Apopka now, Akeem Brown has kind of stepped in and filled the shoes. He had five touchdowns against Boone, over 200 yards rushing. And you're starting to see Apopka just really clicking. And this is early in the season for to see them rolling like this. I do not want to I do not want to face them in week 9, 10, 11, or 12. Yeah, and I actually got a chance to catch up with the Blue Darters coaching staff following that game against Boone. And they were over there at eating some custard, we'll call it, down there on South Orange Avenue. Okay. And they were really upbeat on the season, and they kind of liked the fact that they came into this season kind of under the radar as opposed to most previous years. And the athletic director was telling me, right now, all we care about is the next game. And I kind of believed him. It didn't sound like he was trying to giving me the line that they've just been able this season for the first time in a while to put their nose down and focus only on what they're doing because Wakaiva has been able to pull all that attention away. Away from them. Yeah, and I think that might be a kind of a diamond in the rough, like a little hidden treasure yeah, for them yeah. because I agree they've had 100%. a lot of the they've had a lot of uh, I guess the media or a lot of the press off their back. Um, and I was actually one of the ones that was kind of thinking Apopka would be down a little bit this year. Um, however, Rick Darlington doing it again out there in Apopka in Hokahe territory. That's all they do. The Alabama of Central Florida. They just continue <laughs> yeah. to reload up there. Their a, coach talks more a though. A true juggernaut. Even with that shiny head he's got. He, he <laughs> absolutely does. So those the two games that we want to recap after the past week of high school football, but a big announcement today. So the new point system, which has been in effect the last two seasons now, this is the second season, right Heath? Yes, that's correct. That they're cor- doing this. It was released today. That's correct. So 
every so last year when on this day last year when these numbers came out everyone freaked out because they hadn't seen this before they said wait wait wait, wait a second you mean we're ranked 12th or we're ranked first like it threw everyone for a loop because you you really started to understand wow strength of schedule really something now really really matters yeah and and you're starting to see i guess today when the numbers came out you're starting to see a little bit People are starting to be used to this, and they're not freaking out as much. But when you look at it right now, Seminole and West Orange, I talked to J.C. Carnahan earlier from the Orlando Seminole. He pointed out a good thing to me. They wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now if the season were to end today under the current point wow. system. Yeah. So it's an alarming kind of thing that, you know, don't get too caught up in it because it's still mm-hmm. early. And I just think these point system, this point system is worth discussing. Now, for people that don't understand what this system is, Heath, because uh, even someone like me, I have a limited understanding of it. P- give me a quick rundown here for people that are not as familiar with the way that this works, because it is something that's new that's changed only in the last two years. So every team is categorized into one, two, three, or four. So okay. you're either a tier one or tier four, or tier three, two, tier two, so forth. So if you win 80% of your games, you're tier one, 60% you're tier two, 40% your tier three, and under that, your tier four. So the crazy thing is right now, Dr. Phillips, defending state champs, are sitting one and four. They're a tier four team right now. So you pick up a big win against them, you think you're going to get a lot of points for it. Well, that, that game when you beat them might have been worth something, but mm-hmm. as they keep losing, and as they keep losing, you're not playing them. You're, th- that game is getting less and less valuable every week. So I'll give you a good kind of scenario. So there's a, if, let's say a team has a bye week this week. And let's say they're sitting three and two. They're looking at the teams that they've beat, the three teams they've beaten, the two that they've lost. And without even playing a game, just sitting at home, they're going to gain points and lose points based on wins and losses of those teams. If those teams all win, they gain points. If let's say that all of them lose, they lose points just because of that strength of schedule side of it. Exactly. And see, and these so these you really don't control your own destiny quite as much except for winning your district. Yes, right. So the only way that you can get in, which there's an automatic state berth, an automatic bid, just like there is in NCAA basketball, you get an automatic bid. If you win your district, you automatically get in. But no longer do the wild or the runner-ups get in. Now it's a wild card system, and we have a district that's right here in Orlando that is the most unbelievable district in terms of of, of strength. And you have a Popka, Wakiva, and West Orange all in the same district in a four-team district. I'm sorry, guys, th- there's not room for three of you to get out. So it's going to be the, who are the two teams? Uh, can they both get wild card spots? Is going to be the question. And I, you know, I would hate to see. Wakaiva or Apopka or West Orange left out, but it's a very true possibility. Listen, I think that this is an interesting system. I know that it does hurt some of the smaller schools, and, and it adds a lot of travel for those schools, but it adds some intrigue and it adds some drama to your season because now these schools know that they need to go play other big-time schools. You can't just hide in a district of three schools and make the playoffs every year finishing first or second. So I think this is a good addition there needs to be some tweaks. You definitely need to tweak this to try to make the system a little bit more equal uh, because if you are in some of these districts with some schools that necessarily don't invest in football as much, it's tough for you to accrue as many points just because those schools aren't winning. I think you're going to see some tweaks in the future because check this out. Some districts will have seven or eight teams. Some will have three or four teams. And that gives the teams with uh, like the four-team district that Apopka's in they get to pick six games non-conference. So they get to have a little bit more say in who they play. The district games, you have to play those. So if you're in a 17-team district, sorry, those six games, you have to play the state says so. So you only have 
four non-conference games that you can go out and, and find and play. Well, when you're being told who to play, you're only as, you're only can be as good as your district allows you to be, and that's a problem. It is. It and, definitely is. So we'll we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on those. I like it. Systems. You guys like it or I, no? I, I I like the idea of it. Yes. I think that there are some tweaks that need to happen in order to kind of. Is it better than before? Yes, because okay. you had a lot of weak schools making yeah. it as runner-ups yeah. in districts. I like the fact that if you win your district you're in, and after that, hey, listen, go play some tough schools and win some games and don't necessarily just yeah. kind of coast to a playoff berth. I think what they're doing here in the state of Florida is you're getting, and especially in the state of Florida, you're getting the cream of the crop schools into the playoffs to make for a better playoff product. Yeah, so the like I said earlier, the, the best tweak you can do is make the districts all within one team. So make the districts either... All of them need to be five and six teams across the board. So that way every team has within one game the same number of non-conference games. Don't let don't let there be four teams with four and teams with seven. That's two extra games that they get to pick for non-conference games. And those non-conference games, we are starting to see athletic directors and head coaches go out and find whoever they can to find, to find a Tier 1 or Tier 2 team. And then we have bonus points. We haven't even talked about that. If you play a team... They went to the playoffs in the past two seasons. You get three extra bonus points for just playing them. So if you haven't made the playoffs in a couple years, it's going to get hard to get games because those three bonus points really, really matter at the end of the year when they add them up. And those other teams, they don't want to play you if you're not making the playoffs because they don't get those bonus points. That's right. Special edition of ESPN 580 Orlando's high school football scoreboard here on ESPN 580. He's Heath Ziegler. He's Jerry Daniels. I'm Nick Grunel with Nikki Football. It's brought to you by CareSpot Urgent Care, your one-stop solution for your health care needs, now with 10 locations all over Central Florida and providing you with same-day treatment, including weekends, evenings, and holidays coming up next we're going to talk with don stark he's the head coach over at seminole high school they're coming off two straight wins this is uh one of the most consistent programs in central florida there at seminole a historic program we're going to talk to don stark about his program coming up next for heath and jerry i'm nick we'll be back with coach don stark next here on espn 580 orlando now back to ESPN 580 Orlando's High School Football Scoreboard. Presented by CareSpot Urgent Care. Your one-stop solution of your health care needs. Right here on ESPN 580 Orlando. Special edition of the show here tonight with Tuesday Night Baseball coming up in about 13 minutes. Nick here, Jerry's with me. Heat Ziegler uh, on the show. Kyle Israel is out. we got a great guest coming up here in just a minute. You want to get do. in touch, you can. 844-225-5580. Also on Twitter, at ESPN 580, Nick, and at the Jerry Daniels. Yeah, uh, we have a special guest, like you said. I've I've watched this coach a long time. He's battled uh, my dad, Phil Ziegler, for a number of years in the area, and he's had some great teams at university that I I, I remember watching quite well. Uh, but he's now at the he's now at the program that really has defined Seminole County for the past oh couple decades uh, at Sanford Seminole, and we have uh, Coach Don Stark with us right now. Coach, welcome to the show, and thank you. No, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. How much much I owe you for that introduction? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to know real quick before we even get to the real talk, this is Jerry Daniels, um, what is it like being the most beloved head coach for the Seminoles in the state of Florida? (laughs) Uh, It's pretty good. We've got to keep our record up. I don't know. They they pay that other guy a little bit more than they pay me, so I don't know how beloved I am. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit, but coach, you're uh, you're winning more games than they are, and let, let's talk about uh, the Sanford Seminole here. So you're coming off two wins in a row. 
we did follow that game with the land closely, and I don't want to uh, stay on that too long. That was a tough one for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you're coming off two wins, Coach, and your team's starting to click. You're kind of running over teams here these last couple of weeks. What's changed? Well, you know, we're not turning the ball over on offense. That's a big thing. Uh, you know, and obviously you give credit to DeLand. they got a really good football team. Uh, you know, they got a couple players over there that are, you know, as good as anybody in the area. And uh, they created some problems for us. And, you know, we still had a chance to win it there at the end. And we just, you know, gave up a couple big plays uh, in the passing game, which we really hadn't done, you know, all game or all year. And, you know, they made a couple more plays than us. So hopefully we learned from that. And, uh, you know, we didn't allow that to happen against Flagler, who's probably the most overall talented team we've played. Uh, you know, we did really well against them. And then, uh, you know, University, you know, they'll get it going here soon. They're, they've got a young ball club. And same thing this week. You know, we're playing another Lake Brantley team that's pretty young. And so hopefully we can uh, stop their young guys. Yeah, I was very impressed with the Flagler-Palm Coast game because I expected that to be a lot closer. And you, you guys uh, seem to handle them pretty well. So my hat's off to you for that win. I want to talk a little bit, Coach, with you um, about district play. And you know, we're getting right into the middle of it here and you have kind of a unique district because you have seven teams in your district is that correct it is you know we, we were we were for a matter of fact i know the point totals came out today and we were kind of talking about that and it, you know in terms of scheduling it's a great you know it's nice because you don't have to try and schedule a bunch of games but in terms of uh points and scheduling quality opponents it kind of, it kind of hurts us so we tried to do a better job with our non-district games and scheduling good football teams. You know, we've got Bishop Moore, we've got DeLand, and uh, we got Flagler Palm Coast. And so, you know, hopefully that will help us in the long run. Yeah, we were actually talking about that just before the segment you came on where there's some teams in our local area with four teams that are 8A in their district and some, like you have seven. And it really kind of limits what you and your AD can do and how creative you can get with your non-conference scheduling. I'd like to see this state mandate where districts have to be within like the five to six range, but we d- we know how it is with different classifications all on top of one another. It can get, it can be hard to do, but um, I think that you're the front runner in, in your district and, but there's some good teams and one of them, you're one of them you're going to be playing this week and that's uh, Lake Brantley. And I tell me a little bit about that game coach. And I know the quarterback there, Demarius good is someone that we talk about quite a bit on the show. How are you prepping for Lake Brantley? Well, you know they they run a uh, you know a unique offense and a triple option. That's right. And so we're just trying to preach to our kids about you know being disciplined and uh, you know this is a game that they're going to test your toughness as well in terms of you know they they're going to come off the ball and they're going to knock you back. There's not you know there's not I, I don't know we, we we consider a pitch when they pitch it a pass so they're not they're not going to do too many passes uh, this game. And so um, you know we're just trying to play assignment football and be aggressive and uh, make sure we uh, don't make any mistakes and give up big plays. Sure. Well, if you look forward at your schedule, Coach, and I appreciate you sharing that with me about your game this week. That's at uh, Is that at Lake Brantley? No, it's, uh, it's that, at our place. It's actually homecoming, so hopefully our kids are focused. Well, Coach, it seems, like you, play, it seems like, you, seems like you play at home every week. You know, yeah, we did. We got, we got lucky this year. You know, we, we were originally going to have – this was the year we were going to have six home games. But then uh, when we were able to pick up flag with Palm Coast, that was a home game. And technically, University was uh, – we were the away team. But since they don't have a field, we got to host them. So, no yeah. place like home. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Four of your last five games are all Tier 1 and Tier 2 teams. So I know that there's a lot of strength in your schedule, and that's also where kind of all your road games lie. Uh, I'd say I think you have three of your last five are on the road. That's going to be quite quite the test there near the end, but you also have the chance to pick up a lot of those points that we were talking about. Coach, talk to me a little bit about when you go into you know, the end of your season, that last part of your season, it's going to be heavy district play, and you're looking at your schedule, and you're starting to see Tier 1 and Tier 2 every single week. How do you get your guys prepared for that? Well, you know, we, we, we really don't change much in terms of uh, how we prepare for the opponent. You know, we, we consider everybody a uh, quality opponent in terms of uh, how we prepare and how we play. And if we just, you know, we believe if we just keep getting better every day, then, you know, it really doesn't matter what the other team does. You know, I, you know we're, at Seminole, we, we're going to have as good of athletes as anyone around. And so as long as we take care of what we need to do, you know, we, we feel it really doesn't matter what the other team does. I got you, Coach. I thank you for your time. I got one more thing I want to throw in there. There's a couple players that we talk about on the show here quite a bit, and that's Timmy McLean and Jordan Kroll. Um, could you just you know help us out, help us understand what are those young men like to coach? Yeah, well, they make me better coach. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they uh, you know we're we're very fortunate to have you know quality young men in our program, and Timmy and Graydon are uh, you know are two of those guys. You know, Timmy's really picked up the offense this year. We're able to do a, a little bit more with him, and uh, he's just been phenomenal. And Graydon's really come along. I mean, I you know, I, I don't I don't know if I know what I'm doing anymore, but I, I think he's one of the best receivers in the area. And you know, college guys aren't jumping on him. And I think if they take a look at his film, you know, he's a pretty special talent. All right, Coach. I want to thank you again for having us on. That was Don Stark from Seminole High School. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. Great to catch up with Don Class Stark. Act always. Yes, absolutely. And that program, year after year, is is right there in contention uh, there in Seminole County. Uh, good to catch up with head coach Don Stark. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the show. Now, here's what, here's what you need to do, okay? Because the show every single week is podcasted. All you yep. need to do is go on to where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google iTunes, Play, yep. iTunes, yes, uh, and type in live, local, and loud. It's in the live, local, and loud feed. Or uh, even at ESPN Orlando. And at ESPNOrlando.com, and you will find uh, this show and the live, local, and loud show posted um, on there. So what we're going to do is actually you're going to get some bonus content because we have Wednesday night baseball, Tuesday night baseball, excuse me, coming up here. Uh, you're going to get a preview for this week. Heath will give you his picks and his insight into those games. So uh, tonight, make sure you go find that. Look for live, local, and loud, and you will find the show. But that's going to do it for us tonight here on ESPN 5 at Orlando's High School Football Scoreboard. It's brought to you by our friends at CareSpot Urgent Care for Heath Ziegler, for Jerry Daniels. Kyle Israel was out. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday at our normal time to recap the high school football action. And, of course, enjoy Tuesday Night Baseball. Now back to ESPN 580 Orlando's High School Football Scoreboard. Presented by CareSpot Urgent Care, your one-stop solution of your health care needs. Right here on ESPN 580 Orlando. He gets some bonus coverage here on the podcast. Nikki Football here. Jerry Daniels is with me. It's ESPN 580 Orlando's high school football scoreboard. It is presented by CareSpot Urgent Care. If you listen to the show, you know what we're doing here. If you didn't, well, surprise. Uh, We've got some bonus coverage for you here. We're going to go through the games uh, that are going to happen this week after we got cut a little short due to Tuesday night baseball. So Heath is here. Jerry Daniels stuck around for this. Kyle Israel is out. Sorry. 
Um, and we're going to go through the games uh, that are going to happen this Friday so you know what to, accept, uh, to expect uh, this upcoming weekend. So what do you say we get started, guys? And the first game we want to get into... Jones is playing at Bishop Moore. This should be a good one, Heath. Uh, what do you have keyed up for this game? Oh, Nikki, this is a good one, and I'll tell you why. Because we get a little early playoff action right here because the winner of this game is pretty much punching their ticket to the state playoffs, and we're only in week six. So it's kind of an early little playoff preview game here. The, whoever wins this game, they're going to the state playoffs. So I think that's uh, one reason why this is going to be one of the games you have to go out and find. You have to go out and watch this week. That game's going to be at Bishop Moore. They're a 7.30 kickoff because private schools have to do things differently. <laughs> Every other school's at 7, but Bishop Moore likes to do theirs at 7.30. It allows the media to get there, Heath. That's yeah. why. The media uh, can get there. I Okay, I can I can understand that. But uh, Jones is a team, you know, they, they have eight uh, eight Division One players on the field. Bishop Moore, you, you always look at Bishop Moore. They might have four Division One guys, but they're always so, always coached so well that they, they find ways to win. If I had to pick one right now, which I always do, I'm going to go with Jones to upset Bishop Moore on the road. Now, Bishop Moore dropped that game, the Edgewater, at the start of the season. Now, Edgewater has uh, looked very good this year. Some people were questioning whether or not Bishop Moore was going to have one of those transition seasons. That's right. This should be a good one, Jones at Bishop Moore. The next one, Haggerty hosting Okoe. That game at Haggerty. Uh, Heath, of course, these are always two teams when they run into each other. They're usually pretty close games. You're going to see a common theme with my games of the week. And uh, this is another preview game of whoever wins this game will likely play Edgewater for the district championship. The way things have kind of already settled down in that district, I'm looking at Okoe or Haggerty to be the team that plays Edgewater. And now that Jordan Gilbert is back for... Uh, for the Haggerty Huskies, which we talked about on the live show, yes, Haggerty's a completely, completely different animal. And I'm looking at Haggerty to win this game. And even though Okoe probably has more talent on paper, and when you look at them, they, they definitely pass the eye test. I'm still going to take the Haggerty Huskies and my dad, Coach Phil Ziegler, to beat Okoe. And that is at Haggerty. That's a 7 o'clock start. If you're on the on the east side of town... That's one you should go see. Well, beware of that Okoe run game. Okoe runs the ball very well. They have all season long. Uh, but Haggerty usually, usually, Heath, you know this, good at home, too. Let's move to our third game here we're previewing. A game that, of course, is close to Kyle Israel's heart. Oviedo playing at Lake Mary. Uh, where are you at here on the Rams, Heath? Are they going to be able to get a win at home? Well, I'll tell you, it sticks with this theme that I'm going with tonight, and that's going to be this is another look-ahead game. The winner of Oviedo and Lake Mary will likely end up playing Seminole for the uh, for the district championship. If you listen to the live broadcast, we just talked to Coach Don Stark from Seminole, and we talked a little bit about the, his upcoming schedule, and he's going to have to play both of these teams. But the winner of this game will, will largely decide who will face him in the district championship. Now let's look at the matchup. Morgan Mitchell and Keontae Coffey for Oviedo High School have been one of my favorite one-two combinations between quarterback and running back. Morgan Mitchell's the 6'6 quarterback that's headed to Buffalo. Keontae Coffey has probably the best explosive speed out of the pocket that I that I know of in Central Florida. He's going to go up against Gunnar Smith, a six... Oh, great football name. Is that the best football name? It's a good football well, name, Gunnar Smith. Gunnar Smith, and he's our quarterback. And then they have Mike Cardinho. Oh, and who, he's a quarterback, too. Yeah, he's a, he's a quarterback named Gunnar, and he's paired up with Mike Cardinho, who has, I think, is just as many touchdowns as anybody in Seminole County. So this is a battle of the duos. you got 
Mike Cardino, Gunnar Smith for Lake Mary, Morgan Mitchell and Keontae Coffey for Avito. This is a 7 o'clock start at Lake Mary. If you've ever been to Lake Mary, that is a great oh, place to watch a game. Oh, it is. they got we, the turf field, the big stadium. It's and, great. And the students come out for that one. I mean, they're, they expect at least three to 4,000 people there before kickoff. Yeah, that's a fun environment they have there. We did one of those for an ESPN 580 game. I want to say two or three years ago, and the Rams do it right there. They sure do. At home. Let's get out to West Orange where... Uh, the Warriors are hosting the Wakaiva Mustangs. This is a 7 p.m. start on Friday, too, Heath. And Wakaiva is kind of the team of the year. We've talked a lot about them. They have played well. Yep. Uh, West Orange has had some surprising finishes. Yeah, we've had Coach Bob Head on from West Orange. We've had Coach Rich Bettison on from Wakaiva. We know these teams pretty well. So we've talked to both of their coaches, and we have an understanding of where their program is headed. West Orange is one of the schools that really benefited from the open enrollment. You saw you saw that this year when out of the 24 possible students that open enrolled that are playing football right now, 13 of them are playing for West Orange. So they have a very loaded team, if you will. I'm sure if they've figured out where all those pieces are fitting, but you can tell that West Orange is rolling. And then you have Wakaiva. Wakaiva's been the front runner. They still are the front runner. The big question mark with them is can Sean Robles, can the quarterback at Wakaiva get things started for them early? Because when they get behind the chains and get behind on downs, their special teams tend to struggle and their offense tends to struggle. So Wakaiva needs to get out early. I still have Wakaiva winning the game, but I'm telling you right now, if they keep it close at a halftime, Bob Head puts points on the board in the second half. They're my favorite second-half team of this of this year. I was going to say, Bob Head has always done at least one thing well, and it's halftime adjustments. He That's, does that very well. Yes, he will figure you out, and he will he will have a, a good staff around him all the time. And don't, you know, if they need to spot West Orange a couple points going into half, where we could see an upset here. Yeah, they don't call them the West Orange Warriors for nothing. There's a wow factor there with Bob Head. Let's head over to Seminole. We talked with head coach Don Stark on today's live show. His Seminole Seminoles, um, I love the name there, Seminole Seminoles. Uh, they are hosting Lake Brantley. Scott and S is Lake Brantley Patriots uh, at seven o'clock on Friday. Uh, these are two of the kind of the smaller. It's kind of a fun matchup between these two. Yeah, it is. Lake Brantley is a team that it's like they're up one week, they're down the next, they're back up. And they're kind of hard to figure out. They obviously have the quarterback Demarius Good, who's heading to uh, Miami, and he's really kind of. He has to have a game. You know, unfortunately, Lake Brantley doesn't have a lot of ancillary pieces. They don't have a lot of things around him. So he just needs to step up and have a game. And I think when they run triple option, don't pitch it. Just keep it. You're the guy going to Miami. <laughs> you know, you're the one that's going to Miami. You're the stud. Let's go. So I think I that's think a good uh, point. I think Lake Brantley is going to do the, everything they can to play Seminole, which is like their sixth straight home game in a row up there. But uh, I've got Seminole uh, winning this one. Y- you agree with me? I, I'll tell you what, for Brantley, it's feast or famine all the time, Heat. So, I mean, if they have that, that run offense going with that option, then they're really tough to beat. But uh, Seminole is normally prepared for it. Since we're doing a little bonus coverage yeah, right sure. here, how about I give a bonus game? Give me a bonus game. Okay, bon- bonus game. Osceola Cowboys versus Ridge Community. Cowboys with a K. Yes, this is the this is the game when we talk the Osceola coach. Um <laughs> You Doug, had to throw that Doug in there. Nichols, I can't you, ever not, man. You, you you throw you throw me off with that one, but um, but yeah. So this game in the last three years, if you add up all the points that this games have been decided by, it, it equals ten. So this in the past three years, we're talking three nail biters. I've got Osceola doing it again, but eventually the house has to crumble, right? Eventually, Osceola. You're gonna get got. I mean, they haven't lost since 2015. 
you know, in regular season play, does it happen this week? I'm going to roll with the Cowboys with a K until the house crumbles there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that will do it for me, Nikki. Yeah, we got our games to watch coming up. Uh, he's Heath Ziegler. He's Heath Ziegler. I'm Nick Grunowitz. He, uh, Jerry Daniels hanging out with us here. Uh, so you just got Jones and Bishop Moore, Akoi at Haggerty, Oviedo at Lake Mary, Wakaiva West Orange, Lake Brantley at Seminole, and then, of course, that Cowboys with a K, K game, the bonus game there. That's going to do it for us here on ESPN 580 Orlando's High School Football Scoreboard. It's brought to you by CareSpot Urgent Care, your one-stop solution for your health care needs, now with 10 locations all over Central Florida and providing you with same-day treatment, including weekends, evenings, holidays, and even bonus coverage just like this. And remember, on Friday, Heath will be on with us. He'll give us an update of what games are coming up that night, and him and Kyle will be live across Central Florida giving us score updates all night. That's why we have Jerry Daniels Thank here. You, we will talk to you then, and of course, every single Tuesday, 8 to 9, the high school football scoreboard brought to you by CareSpot Urgent Care right here on ESPN 580. We'll talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.